Howdy, everyone. Welcome to the Daily Kofefi, the live version of the Daily Kofefi every Friday. Uh, I'm your host, Carter Laren, and I'm joined, as always, by the bad man Jamma, Carrie Smith. Hi, Carter. Good morning. How you doing? I, like I just said to you, I am ready. I'm fired up. You seem <laughs> <laughs> what? You're unusually... I am a gangbusters. Yeah. You know, you know what I said to Carrie the other day? Or no, before the show. Uh, she was like clearly getting burnt out. And I was like, I don't know. Maybe Carrie doesn't want to be doing this anymore. I can't tell. She had a day off. And she came back like raring to go. She's been... Uh, I don't know. You've been voracious since your well, day off. So maybe we should make sure you have regular days off. I think it. I think that might every once in a while when I'm getting burnt out. Uh, but listen, I just finished watching the episode that you and Gracie did from two days ago. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm ready. I'm like, I'm here to fight for Western civilization. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that was a great episode. It was really it, good. It got me fired up that and all the, you know, I told you I joined a pyramid. And um, I'm doing this energy drink, and that also might be helping. Oh, your pyramid scheme is an energy drink pyramid? <laughs> it is. <laughs> well, actually, this is a different pyramid. Oh. A, different, a different friend gave me this. There's like three competing pyramids, and I'm trying to figure out which one I'm going to spend the most time in. But they're all different energy supplement pyramids. Anyway. Are you sure they're pyramids? <laughs> I mean, just, you know, is it just like multi-level marketing generally, or is it like Definitely. Well, the one I used to do was called uh, Thrive Lavelle. I really liked that one. It's just, it was expensive and I didn't want to sell it. I just wanted to use it. And if you don't sell it, it's expensive. Yeah. And then I quit using it because I didn't have the money for it. But then recently a friend introduced me to Pure. That was the one I joined, but I haven't bought any of their stuff yet because I can't afford it yet. But then another friend gave me a bunch of free product from Isogenics, which is a different one. What? Oh. No, no, no. You and I can talk offline about some. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Um, hi, everyone. No. Welcome. We've had people in chat uh, waiting for it. There were people waiting for this to start. Um, hi guys. And Naomi, Naomi already referenced the very first story I want to talk about because it's all over the internet and it's a lot of fun. Wait, uh, wait, wait, wait. Before we get into stories, can we just have a big picture discussion real quick? Sure. Again, because I'm fired up and I just saw the okay, video. Okay, have your big picture. Okay. Go. I don't want to get into that. That's a dumb... I mean, it's it'll be fun to make fun of it, but the big oh, it's picture... Dumb. Absolutely. It's just funny. It's totally dumb and funny. Yeah. But the big picture stuff about why I'm here, about why you're here, about why we do Unsafe Space. Um, I posted the uh, Tuscan Knits video, which... God bless you knitters. I am so happy to have you as part of our community. And I was really happy to see how supportive you guys are of Maria Tuscan. And um, I shared that video because I thought it was a really exceptional one. And I just loved talking with her. And I think she's so brave. And um, somebody in the comments said, uh, hey, I, I watched and I subscribed. I watched a couple of your videos. And, uh, and then I found, I realized you have an agenda. <laughs> You an and agenda? you have an agenda <laughs> and it's not just like a morning show where you talk about stuff in the current events. I'm like, yeah, it, we have an agenda. It's in the introductory video that Carter did. It's, it's on our website. We have an agenda. That's why I wake up to do this. I have an agenda. I have a purpose. It, it, this is part of one part of my purpose in life is talking about my old ideology and defending Western civilization. And yes, we have an agenda. And no, I, it's not It's not the view. If I want to watch meaningless entertainment, you can go to legacy media, right? Like, I thought it would just be like the view. And then he was like, but the as thing is- I don't have to be Megan McCain. I'm okay being- <laughs> But the thing is, he got our agenda wrong. He looked at our videos and, and said, uh, you have an agenda. I don't like anything where it's old people attacking young people. I was like, what? First of all, are we the old people that <laughs> but secondly <laughs> but secondly, our our agenda is not about age, dude. Our agenda is about culture and ideas. Culture and ideology. That's what it's about. I am and, older than I'd like. But, and uh, there's every indication that Generation Z is gonna be more conservative than the greatest generation. And there's every indication that they are opposed to my old belief system, to the belief system that a lot of millennials have succumbed to. 
um, and that they are opposed to collectivism. And we have Generation Z guests and we have Generation Z viewers and we even have GASP. We have millennial viewers and people who do not like the ideology that's taken over their generation. But no, it's not. If you, if you, I was laughing because I wanted to say, if you looked at our videos and thought our agenda was about age, you need to watch again, Boomer. I, the, <laughs> well, Boomer's <laughs> now used to mean something I other know, than just age. I know. But yeah. Um, I just thought that yeah, was I mean, the, the A lot of what we're talking about is the new punk for young kids. Like being anti-woke is the new punk for the young generation. It is the new punk. And they're, they are making jokes about it. They are gr thankfully not taking it seriously. They're, they're, um, they're looking at it for the, 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 uh, the mainstream indoctrination that it's become. Yep. Has enabled well, them to look, to see it for what it really is. I just, since we're, since we're on the broad topic and maybe people are watching that don't normally watch. And I think you rightly Thought maybe it's a good time to mention. Let's be explicit about our agenda. I'm going to read from the about page, just the first little bit, not the whole thing. You can read the whole thing if you want. It explains a little bit more in depth about the agenda, but welcome to unsafe space, it says. Now, by the way, unsafe space, that should be a clue as to our agenda, the name. We are committed to creating a culture that fully respects the freedom of speech, viscerally understands the distinction between the initiation of speech and the initiation of force, and upholds reason as the only valid tool of cognition, rejecting arguments based on feelings, faith, or force. That's it. That's the agenda. That's the agenda. It's and our agenda is also not to take ourselves too seriously and to have fun while trying to do this. <laughs> That's Carrie's agenda. My agenda is to never smile because people say I never smile. So I'd like to try and keep that up. Uh, see if I can, I can never ever smile. But yeah, thank you, for Carrie, for bringing that up. We do have an agenda. Um, but our, we're, we are, I, I'm, I, I know this sounds hyperbolic, but I, I think we're fighting for Western civilization. Western civilization was, was built on a set of moral principles and philosophic principles that have been actively attacked for generations. And it's coming to a peak at this point where the, it's, I think you can see it most clearly in the social justice infiltration of mainstream, but it's most clearly manifest, this attack is most clearly manifest in the social justice ideology, in critical theory, which is everywhere now. So it's anti everything that Western culture was built on. And as Gracie pointed out in the video a couple of days ago, um, who was it, Derrida, that she said said this? Like Derrida, yeah. It intentionally, like his goal, destroy Western civil, everything in Western civilization. That's what they want to do. I don't want Western civilization destroyed. I think it's the best civilization that's ever existed on the planet ever in human history. So they that's want our to, agenda. That's our agenda. They want to undo individualism. They want to impose collectivism. They are racist. They are sexist. They are collectivist and they're authoritarian because they want to do this by force through the force of the state. And yeah. They, I, I, um, I was unfriended by another SJW friend yesterday. Finally, this is one I felt was a long time coming. I was shocked actually that she had not unfriended me for so long. She's one of the worst I've ever seen. She's one of the ones that's, you know, you and I talk about the different types of SJWs. She's in it for ill intent. Like this is a woman who in another lifetime would be pushing people into ovens. Like she just wants to oppress. What, me, 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 what can I get from this belief system, right? That type of woman. And I'm sure there are some mutual friends who don't understand what's go what was going on between us yesterday, but in a nutshell, she is possessed by evil. Okay. I don't, you and I disagreed on this in the past. I don't necessarily think people are evil. I think people can be possessed by evil beliefs and they can engage in evil behavior. And she is wholly possessed by these ideas. And as you and Gracie were saying, as I was watching the video this morning, I was thinking, you know, this is exactly what, what is going on with my friend is Gracie said something like, you know, ideas last longer than people. And that is the absolute truth. She said, we are born and we step into ideas. And so Stalin is dead. Marx is dead. Um, Derrida is dead, but their ideas live on their evil ideology lives on. And people like my friend, she doesn't have ideas. She's had by an idea. And yeah, I would say it's very, it's a, 
very small percentage of humanity that contributes new ideas to the um, human experience that 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 end up living on. Yeah, Most of us are just adopting ideas. Exactly. I look. I am had by an idea now. The idea I'm had by is individualism. Right. Is personal responsibility. Those are not my original ideas, it, and right. and I'm possessed by those things, and and the people who are possessed by SJW ideology. They're possessed by evil. That used to be what I was possessed by and, and animated by. And yes, I have an agenda and it is to expose that belief system for what it is because I think this belief system is um, superior. It is about equality. It is about actual justice. It is about all the things they think they're about. It, or at it's least about claim to be about. Individualism that they claim to be about, yeah. So that's okay. Big picture stuff. I just wanted to do a little rant, but ha- let's get into the baby eating. Now, that was a good rant. I just, really, <laughs> I thought the baby eating was hilarious. No, so, it is. Let's go. Let's get into it. Okay. So for people who <laughs> maybe haven't seen this yet, um, I think most people probably, I mean, it's been around, it's been like really on the internet going around, making its rounds on the internet, but here we go. I'm going to, this is what you're about to watch is a, uh, town hall meeting with An- Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And there's a woman who stands up to, uh, I guess, ask a question, make a point, whatever. So here we go. Climate crisis. We only have a few months left. I love that you support the Green Deal, but <laughs> it's not getting, you know, getting rid of fossil fuel is not going to solve the problem fast enough. A Swedish professor saying, you know, we can eat dead, dead people, but that's not fast enough. So I think your next uh, campaign slogan has to be this. We got to start eating babies. We don't have enough time. There's too much CO2. All of you, you're, you're, you know, you're a pollutant. Too much CO2. We have to start now, please. You are so great. I'm so happy that you really support a new Green Deal, but it's not enough. You know, even if we would bomb Russia, we still have too many people, too much pollution. So we have to get rid of the babies. That's a big problem. Just stopping having babies is not enough. We need to eat the babies. And this is very serious. Please give a response. We'll go ahead. Okay. No. So, uh, <laughs> yes. Okay. So immediately I saw this and I thought of obviously uh, Swift, threat. Swift and a modest proposal. Okay. Uh, we had to read that in school. I don't know if everybody else did. Where uh, do you know what I'm talking about? No. Oh my gosh. Okay. So it's it, a modest proposal was uh, Jonathan Swift. I think it was all about how, um, it, the the uh, it was extreme satire. It was how the the uh, rich needed to start eating the poor, or maybe it was the other way around. I'm trying to remember, no, yeah, how the rich need to start eating the poor. But that's exactly what she's doing. Is she's yeah. doing a mod? She's do, reenacting a modest proposal, but setting it to the times that we're in now. And Larouche claimed credit for. I think it's a troll. Yeah. Larouche claimed credit. Larouche, if you don't know, so Lyndon Larouche was like a, I don't know. I think he was a convicted cult leader, and uh, I think he was convicted also of like pyramid schemes. So maybe Carrie would be interested in uh, joining, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't really understand what the LaGrouche, LaGrouche group does, but um, they did claim credit for, for trolling this. And they've got, they've got like these, this agenda about they want Glass-Steagall and some other stuff. So um, I don't think they're on her side, but interestingly enough, I mean, I, there's a lot of things okay. I can blame AOC for. I can't really blame her for almost any reaction to this is, understandable because it's just so crazy so she just kind of like doesn't know what to say she doesn't interestingly though she doesn't say i don't think baby eating is a bad idea um no because she has to you have to search for the correct thing to say you can't just right. speak the truth right <laughs> she's trying to be um, a politician about it she's being a politician she's being an i don't think about it. that aoc believes we should eat babies i'm not saying no. that just it yeah um, no okay so here it is carter i just assumed everybody had to read this i don't know why i assumed this but um a modest proposal was written in 1729 by Jonathan Swift. It was an essay. It was called A Modest Proposal for Preventing the Children of Poor People from Being a a Burthen to Their Parents or Country and for Making Them Beneficial to the Public. 
It was commonly called A Modest Proposal. Uh, It was a Juvenalian satirical essay, which suggested that the impoverished Irish might ease their economic troubles by selling their children as food to rich gentlemen and ladies. (laughs) The satirical hyperbole mocked heartless attitudes towards the poor, as well as British policy towards the Irish in general. We read it in school because we were learning about satire. I, I was probably like, I don't know, like 11th grade or something. And, um, that's what she's doing. That's what this woman yeah. is doing. She's totally trolling. She's totally engaging in satire. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I didn't, I don't think I, I don't remember ever reading that, but uh, it sounds funny, I guess. By the way, she's referring to, there was a Swedish professor who suggested that the only reason we're not cannibals is that we, um, it's a taboo and that maybe things will get bad in the future and we'll have to start resorting to cannibalism. Um, so that's what she's referring to. But that's just, that's my favorite story of the week. <laughs> uh, actually, no, it's not my favorite story of the week because there's a better one. There's a better story. Uh, let me find it. Oh, all my tabs are gone. Oh, no, they're there. The better story of the week is, that you, Carrie, you shared this with me. So I know we've talked previously about how 4chan trolls the mainstream media and invents new like white supremacy things. So they, they did the okay sign. They said, oh, this means white supremacy and, and the media ran with it. Um, and they, they did um, a glass of milk. They did bowl cuts. Bowl cuts was the recent one. Bowl cuts are a sign of white And supremacy. these are all trolls, by the way. Th- this is a troll is using satire, using comedy to reveal an actual truth. And they're trolling the media and the media is biting. It's the troll comes from uh, like catfish, right? Like where you would, you would put out a troll on a line when you're fishing and, and the, the media bite like fish and they right. run with it. And then they're like, the okay, symbol is white supremacy, which is crazy. <laughs> yes. So here's the next, Carrie shared this with me the other day. This is the next thing. Uh, I guess you got it. I assume you got it from 4chan. Um, the next thing that we can expect the mainstream media to tell us is the peace sign means two genders. Uh, <laughs> one finger, your fingers are apart uh, to clearly show that there's only two. One's a Venus symbol and the other one's the, uh, the male gender <laughs> symbol. Um, and you fold your thumb over just like you make a peace sign. That makes a G um, for the word genders. And... Uh, yeah, so I I don't know, Carrie. Do we want to take bets? How long will it be until uh, <laughs> Oliver Darcy or someone is <laughs> people of like there'll be pictures around the internet of people doing this and and being accused of being white supremacists? Oh, there's so some of the sometimes they bite quickly, sometimes they don't bite. But it's like the trolls that said uh, it's okay to be white. Those signs they bit. They were like outrage. There was outrage. Yes. Um, they, and, they, and the and the ones we mentioned the other day that was uh, Islam is right about women. They bit, they bit that one as well. They bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my goodness! There was another one where they were trolling the LGBT flag, and they had like we don't we don't yeah. find it, but it was like they had the rainbow flag that we've come to associate with LGBT, and they had on each line of the rainbow they said a different place for every race. Like they're trying to take the rainbow flag and pretend like white nationalists are using it. I've seen that one on 4chan like for a while. I think they've really wanted that to catch on, but it it hasn't. Um, But but related to this, I mentioned this the other day, just in case anyone wants to look up this story. Um, This is Universal Orlando, I mentioned this the other day, uh, this guy playing this Despicable Me actor here, the the, uh, Gru character, you can see in this picture, this, his hand here, see how it's like kind of maybe an okay symbol a little bit upside down? I don't know. He's got his hand on her shoulder. Uh, The parents went through the pictures at home and were shocked and appalled that he had flashed the white power symbol. And... They contacted Orlando, Orlando, the Orlando Universal Orlando, and they apologized and fired the dude who was making the white power symbol in a picture with a child. So that's the world we're in now, Carrie. That's uh, 
people, I don't even know what to say. They're crazy. I don't know what to say about they're that. So crazy. Um, you know, people a lot of times. Oh, speaking of which, I noticed it in um, uh, the video we did with uh, Maria. I, I at one point I was talking and I was doing that, and I didn't even realize I was doing it as I was talking. I was making a point, doing the okay symbol. Do you see what I'm saying? And like Mikey, once I saw Mikey was at an event, uh, a walk away event, and he took a photo with another one of my friends, and then he went back and he noticed later and he posted the picture and he's like, look, look, I, my hand is making the okay symbol in this picture. I'm just gonna state clearly for the record now that I didn't know I was making it. And it doesn't mean anything. And it's not white nationalist. And like, cause somebody somewhere is going to take that and try to use that against him. But everybody is, there's, of, of course, this means okay. And it's also just a thing that people's hands do when they're talking sometimes. It doesn't mean like, but the fact that people are getting fired over it now, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a troll, which is funny, but the fact that it's like, I guess the trolling has consequences and I don't blame the trolls. Obviously I blame the media, right? They're, they're trying to point out the ridiculousness of the mainstream media, but it's because of the mainstream media that this person got fired. Yes. Or uh, universal Orlando made the decision, but they believe it's a white power symbol and the parents believe it's a white power symbol only because the mainstream media is lying media. about what that thing is. Um, Cause 4chan created a troll knowing that the media would bite bite it and the media ran with it and now that's that's the thing like it's so stupid anyway um carrie uh i guess another i don't have you seen have you seen the here let me pull up maybe you've seen this hold on Do you know what FTF transgenderism is? Uh, it, female to female? Yep. They have a flag <laughs> now. Ah! <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> Do you want to guess what it is? Wait a minute. Is it a, a biological female identifying as a trans female? No, although that would be a good guess. It's a trans woman who considers herself transitioning from female to female as she has always been female, not just in the way being female is traditionally defined. It's an alternative to male to female. So oh my <laughs> this is an MTF God. trans person who's like, I'm not MTF, I'm FTF because I've always been female. Well, then this, this points out what we've talked about before. They can't possibly believe that there are no genders, no sexes, whatever, if they are transition. It's like, well, then what are you transitioning from and to? And so now they're taking it a step further and say, well, I'm transitioning from female to female. Well, then you're not transitioning at all, are you? Because where they eventually want us to end up is at a completely postmodernist place where they're just like, I'm a woman, and we don't even mention the fact that they're not biologically a woman ever. Right. You're I'm just a woman by you. virtue of speaking it. That They do away with entire... Fact. This is an anti-fact, anti-intellectual movement. Yeah, I mean, fundamentally, I think I, I think we mentioned this. Uh, maybe it was yesterday. It, like, it is the thing to understand about critical theory is it is inherently anti-intellectual. It rejects all of the uh, learnings that spent that humanity spent thousands of years figuring out about reason, the scientific method, the value of logic, uh, rational discourse. <laughs> Like it rejects all of that in favor of basically the feels. Um, but it's, it's, and, and not only does it reject it, it vilifies it. So if you use logic or reason or you try and argue, you get, you know, ad hominem white fragility. Logic is the white man's tool. Logic is a tool of oppression, blah, blah, blah. So it's, I don't, I can't think of a, a better term than anti intellectual. Anti intellectual. Absolutely. Carrie, you, um, I, I I forgot to say this earlier because you talked about knitting earlier. Should we we should have talked about this? But you sent me a thing about Colbert Report. I don't. Oh wanna, my gosh! Can I don't want to play, play it. But do you want to play it? On I mean, yes. I mean, let's play just enough so that we don't get copyright hit. Or actually, if we play it and pause it frequently and talk during it, you won't get copyright hit. I think. But okay. but anyway, I I I saw this um, again during my, I was driving this morning and I watched the thing with you and Gracie, and then YouTube recommended this to me because of our. Um, knitting videos 
with Maria Tuscan and the one we did previously and the stuff about Ravelry. And I didn't even have to open it to know what it was going to be. But I did open it because, again, I don't believe in genetic fallacy. I'm not going to I want to know what I'm talking about criticizing. So I watched it and I, I correctly called it ahead of time. This is the way that the legacy media covers the story that Carter and I have been covering. Watch this. Yeah, <laughs> like, this is this is how if you didn't have shitty little YouTube channels like ours telling you what was actually going on, this is what you <laughs> told. <laughs> you know, folks, there's some big news in the world of crafting. And yes, I know I talk about crafting a lot. Uh, a lot of people say the show really took off in 2016 when I started focusing on crafting. Well, today's crafting dust-up concerns the online knitting community Ravelry, which just... Oh, we got some... We got some Ravel heads here tonight. Ravelry just announced that they are banning support of Donald Trump and his administration, explaining... Okay, pause for one second. So just immediately off the bat, a couple of things you notice, audience full of NPCs, which is the case at most of these SJW shows. And these have all become SJW shows now. I, I worked on, I produced an SJW late night show. That's what our audience is. That's yep. who they bring in, into their audience room. All these NPC SJWs applauding immediately when they hear the website Ravelry because they know what this story is going to be about and they approve. Yes. And they applaud more when he says banning support of Donald Trump and his administration. Yes. They, they applause again. And they're happy. You know what they're applauding? Censorship, mob yep. mentality, throwing people out, banning people for having other opinions. That's what they're there. Woohoo! Yep. And, and when he reads this, you know, we cannot provide a space that is inclusive of all and also allow support for open white supremacy. That's an equation of Trump supporters with white supremacists. There's no questioning that. It's, yay, of course we should ban Donald Trump because we don't want white supremacy. These people are, again, anti-intellectual. They don't even, they just accept as a truth that supporting Trump is supporting white supremacy, which is one of the biggest lies that that people have swallowed in people that follow legacy media have swallowed it's just they're not they don't have to they don't have to provide argumentation for that anymore it's just a shorthand now that they say it and you're like yeah well they never <laughs> did provide argumentation to be clear okay that's true they never have so here we go so he says we cannot provide a space that is inclusive of all and also allow support for open white supremacy now this i gotta say bold that was bold. It was the right thing to do, but it was hard news for the white supremacist knitting collective, Neo-Nitsies. Now, pause it for a second. Yep. Okay, here's my other point. Their, their fake narrative, their fake narrative that there are white supremacists running around on Ravelry and that all Donald Trump supporters are white supremacists and they're all running around on Ravelry, they know that narrative is false. Part of them knows it. They know it's a lie because... Otherwise, he wouldn't be able to make this joke and they and they wouldn't laugh. The joke he's making is is funny because there aren't actually any white nationalist, <laughs> white supremacist knitters. There's no knitting. Look at that picture that you're showing there that he shows right. where they they made a funny graphic of the the uh, white nationalists in Charlottesville, the tiki torches, and they put fake hats on knitted hats on them. And it's funny because. They, those people don't actually exist. That's why people are laughing. So they, and this to me belies the fact that they know it's a freaking lie. Yeah, and of course, and if, and if, frankly, if there was a real story here about white supremacists on Ravelry, he would have put up actual pictures of, I don't know what white supremacist knitting looks like, but he would have put up pictures of that. Exactly. And and they the, he can't put up pictures of that because it doesn't exist and they know it doesn't exist. And that's why they're able to make this joke and have people laugh. Right. They know it doesn't exist. Yeah, absolutely. So then. Turns out. Turns out hate speech and intolerance had gotten out of hand on Ravelry's forums before the site was invaded by Trump supporters. One so that's, I just want to pause right there. 
I what's this invaded by Trump supporters thing? They are not the whole. As we talked about with Maria, and actually before we talked to Maria, we read about this. This did not ravelry. This isn't a reaction to invasion by Trump supporters. That's not what this is. But he's making it. He's just spinning a narrative that's false. Would you say? Would they ever say? Invaded by Clinton supporters. Right. Invaded by Bernie's, invaded by uh, McCain's, whatever. Would they ever say it? It's just they're they're talking about Trump supporters again as if they're as if they're not human. Getting back to that rule, Carrie, social justice warriors always project. And they dehumanize people. They're dehumanized. They're invaded by social any, justice warriors. Yeah, invaded by. If anyone who is watching who's new, just to clarify... Because a lot of people, they're operating in this ridiculous binary where it's like, if you are not this, then you must be a Trump supporter. I didn't vote for Trump. I'm a lifetime liberal. Um, I might vote for Trump next time. I don't know. He's number five on my list right now. (laughs) But but, uh, this kind of stuff makes me empathize with Trump and with Trump supporters. And by the way, you should always be defending people you disagree with. If you're on the left and you don't like Trump, you should be defending Trump supporters when people dehumanize them this way. And they should be doing the same to you when people dehumanize liberals. Like that's that's the that's the ultimate test of whether you're principled or not. Like you don't let just because it's the others, whatever you view the other side as is like, don't don't let people dehumanize them. Well, let's see how he continues. Ravelry user described the community as a happy little bubble. <laughs> but you knew it had to burst. I mean, for Pete's sake, you all run around with those pointy needles all the time. I think time. we've seen enough, actually. Well, As actually, I want, imagine, I want to see the Ravelry's new policies didn't go unchallenged. In fact, they led to a swift reaction from the knitting world. <laughs> That's saying a lot. Swift reaction, because this is the same group of people that Here take seven months um, fast forward. kill yourselves. So he, he basically says... Look, and he, and then he does a whole little skit about how it's funny that a knitter says, kill yourselves. But, you know, they there's all this hatred and bullying and aggression online instigated by social justice warriors. Presumably, it looks like someone responded with, just kill yourselves, which is not a nice thing to say, but it's also not a real viable threat. Um, just, it's, you know, it's, it's someone responding out of frustration. And what does he cherry pick? That that's what represents the Trump supporters to on in this story, his representation of the Trump supporters is people who just out of the blue say, kill yourselves to other people on knitting forums. That's not at all representative of what happened. It's like it's like Antifa attacks you, attacks you, attacks you. And, you know, you punch someone in defense and all the media does is say, look, he punched someone. It's like, yeah, there was a war that was started. There was a war that was started. This is a a reaction to that, but they erase everything that came before this. And he doesn't show anything that's representative of what the SJWs were doing in that forum because he can't, because they are the bullies. Right. If he just, actually, if all he did um, was tell the story of Karen, the first person who posted the, I wanna travel to India and what happened to her, it would undermine the entire narrative he's trying to construct here. All, that's all, and they all, all he would have to do is, is cite facts about that. Yeah, I mean, well, I think, I think I'm very proud of the two videos we've done on the subject so far, the, the one um, called SJW Knitting Circle of Hell, and then the interview that we got to do with Maria yesterday. And I, I, I feel like those were some of our most concise topical um, episodes and, yeah, you look at this garbage from the legacy media and then and then look at the the story look at the story he's trying to tell you and then look at the story that we presented. Yep. Yep. And Herman uh Herman in chat wants us to talk. I think this is Herman correct me if I'm wrong, but he just shared this with us. Um I think this is what you wanted us to talk about. Uh this is the spin this is the spin of uh, how they present a story and then they retract it and the difference. So when they present the story, 
Um, they make sure to cite race. Black Virginia girl says white classmates cut her dreadlocks. Three white students, right? So this is her, because we talked about this story the other day, right? It turned out to be a hoax. So this is her accusation. They cite race so that you can feel like there's white supremacy happening in the world. Look at these horrible white people doing something to a black girl. But then when they do the retraction three days later, it's just Virginia girl recants the story <laughs> of boys cutting off her dress. There's no race. Oh, I guess. No longer here. Race, I guess race doesn't matter now. Right. Race is not relevant when it's a hoax <laughs> or when it's exposed as a hoax, I guess. Um, yeah. Let's hold on. I want to. Herman, if that's it. OK, good. I just wanted to check. Yeah. And as he points out, they don't show her shameful face in the retraction. Of course. Like, not. like the act that she was putting on. Yep. Yeah. Um, yes. This so is like, yeah, where's there? They're suddenly colorblind when it doesn't fit their agenda. Yep. And, and this is just like uh, we were talking about the other day. You are suddenly an individual when you don't speak what they want you to speak on behalf of your so-called collective. Then you're just you're just an individual with a different. Oh, yeah, it's basically lived experience is an argument if it's if it's uh, if it supports social justice. But lived right. experience is not an argument if it doesn't support social justice. Right. Race is important if it supports our agenda and our our ideology race is not important if it doesn't yep yeah um let's see An another actually another story carrie i don't know if you've seen this um i just find this this is a story about censorship on youtube and it just came out the other day there's a youtube channel called the great war um and they obviously do historical videos and YouTube has been going after them and demonetizing their content. 250 of our videos have been retroactively demonetized um, because they're talking about history and obviously they're showing like swastikas or, you know, offensive things because it's, you know, here's the, they have the 16 days in Berlin and World War II documentary about the Battle of Berlin, right? So they, they're, they're making these videos to teach people about history, but of course it's real, if they use real archival footage. And YouTube has decided that you can't use real archival footage uh, that is somehow not monetizable, which I think they this... would say, well, we're worried about the advertisers, but the History Channel has advertisers on it. So I'm not sure what that argument is, but this By the is, way, um, this is about rewriting history. Yeah, and the, this whole thing about advertisements, it's like, yeah, History Channel has advertisers on it. So does stuff like, um, you know, TV shows about serial murderers. <laughs> like, we, there's all <laughs> kinds of content that we, they are fine monetizing. Yeah, yeah, but not, but not that. And, and probably, be, I, my guess is they just don't want people to know history i'm not sure what the agenda is there but i found that i think, I think it's because though. well like you mentioned earlier in this video it, there are a lot of things and one of those things is anti-intellectual if you start learning about history that is a threat to them yes because you're because what they want you to do is is digest the the summaries that they have given you about the story the narrative of history, um, including the founding of the country and wars and everything else. And it's harder to digest the narrative if you have real facts and real information and your own understanding of what happened um, historically. M my guess is, um, I mean, well, we know this. The media has for decades, but they, they like to hide any bad thing about socialism um, and the Soviet Union. Like they don't talk about any of that. They don't talk about the killing fields in Cambodia. Um, they, they, don't, they don't talk about any of that stuff. Actually, my guess is you'd have to hide a lot of Hitler's rhetoric because it sounds an awful lot like some of the critical theoreticians and social justice warrior rhetoric now. Well, he um, talks about people. Yes. And I, I, it was hidden from me. I didn't know that until recently. I've only recently started to look at some of his uh, words uh, we did a, there's a really great um, interview. We got, we got to do discussion with Samuel Say um, on Deprogrammed where Samuel 
he writes about social justice infecting the Christian faith. And one of his essays about social justice, he quoted a bunch of stuff from Hitler. Hitler talked about social justice. Yeah. Well, social justice is necessary. So, oh, well, let me back up. I don't know that it's necessary, but social justice is by its very nature, um, it, it is a building block of authoritarianism because social justice puts people in groups and pits them against each other and says, this group needs to do that and blah, blah, blah. And so it fits very nicely with anti-Semitism or any kind of other um, racism that the Nazis would have wanted to have. It fits very nicely with social justice. It might be, uh, they might be looking at the model that critical theory sets up from a different angle, but they're using the model, right? So, you know, they, they might be saying, oh yes, those groups are different. And instead of giving those groups power and attacking this other group, we should give this other group power and attack those groups, but it's the same model. Um, it's, the same, it's the same way of looking at the world. The history to preserve the victimhood narrative. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the other thing, right? The US is portrayed as responsible for all of the ills around the world always throughout history. Um, and, and prior to the US, it must've been Europe that did everything wrong. So how many people don't know that the Democratic Party was historically the party of KKK? I don't, you know, so I don't think a lot of people do know that, Lindsay, uh, but that's a good point. So the KKK was the minim, the military, military, the militia type arm of the, the Democratic Party. That's what they were. Um, and it funny was enough, that's what were, Antifa is today. Right. And it was the Republicans who were anti slavery and more what we would nowadays nowadays call progressive in terms of individual rights it, that was the republicans and what the the democrats did is they claimed that there was this great switch that uh suddenly all of a sudden all the democrats that were racist switched to the republican party and now they're all republican um but if you look at the data there that's just not true at all there was very few people that switched parties and um that's what i always believed yeah but that's just not true i mean in fact um Dinesh D'Souza does a documentary where he kind of talks about, I mean, I have my problems with Dinesh D'Souza, but that part of his documentary is correct. And wasn't it, uh, does anyone in chat remember, was it, is it Robert Byrd that was? It's Robert uh, Byrd. Hillary Clinton. I mean, he. Robert Byrd is a Democratic senator who was in the KKK himself. Yes. And, and voted against all the civil rights legislation. And, uh, Hillary considered him a great friend when he died. Hillary, you know, you know, great person has died, blah, blah, blah. Plenty of pictures of them together and, and her relishing in the support of Senator Robert Byrd, who was a racist. So Let me give you just a personal anecdote of how this gets down the goes down the memory hole, like you said. I knew this. I'm a lifetime Democratic voter until this past November. Um. I knew this, but I believe they, they just say, yeah, the party switched. It used to be that the Democrats are racist, but now it's the Republicans. And it's like, okay, good enough for me. And then, and then if I would hear, well, what about Robert Byrd? I'd be like, well, he reformed his ways. <laughs> good enough for me. Like okay. they just, yeah. I mean, but if anyone else had reformed their ways and Trump was saying this was a great person, I think we know what the media would be saying about that. Again, one rule for me, another for thee. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to, welcome to the left. But you have to have that when you're on the left because there are no principles. So um, you can't stick to them if there aren't any. What else we've got here? Uh, anything else that people want to talk about in chat? I've got one more. I don't know if it's very exciting, but since we're talking about the media, I could bring it up. Someone sent us. Uh, something interesting about media mistakes, but here I'll pull it up. Where is it? I'm not, I'm not going to go through all of these and, and some of these are not very exciting, but uh, Cheryl Atkinson posted this list of, you know, the media is, is all about gotchas for Trump. Oh, he said this, technically it's wrong. He did that. Like they're all, they're all about gotchas. So she posted in back in January, um, and I guess updated recently, 92 media mistakes in the Trump era, the definitive list. And so she just 
These are ones that she knows about. And some of them are mild, right? Like, um, you know, misstating that Melania Trump's arrival date from, uh, from Slovenia amid a flurry of reporting that questioned her immigration status from the 1990s. So they kind of misdated some things. And I guess that's kind of major because they were arguing that maybe she was in a low, working when she was uh, not legal as an immigrant, which wasn't true. Um, but some of them are mild like this. They, they called the state of Michigan for Hillary. Trump actually won it. Like, okay, this, some of those are mild. But some of these are, you know, frankly, in totality, even some of the mild ones demonstrate the narrative they're trying to push. Like, they, CNN said Nancy Sinatra was not happy that her father's song was being used as a Trump inauguration. Sinatra responded, that's not true. I never said that. Why do you lie, CNN? Actually, I'm wishing him the best. So there's this kind of stuff to kind of make you feel like everyone's against the guy um, culturally. Um, things about Trump removing the MLK bus from the Oval Office, not true. So there's a lot of these kind of little things. And then there's bigger things where, um, you know, they just lie about uh, uh, Vladimir Putin denying things or like the Trump-Russia stuff. Um, I don't know if it's really worth going through any of these because there's literally, there's 92. But I'll put a link to the article. It's interesting if you're curious to see what, how the mainstream media treats Trump and how they just excuse all of their, all of their own how they called, uh, I wonder, if, I'm sure this one's on there, how they, they called the, um, that video that PJW put out of Acosta taking the microphone or pulling the microphone away from the... Um, Actually, that one I didn't see in here. See in here. How they, but they said that was doctored. Yeah, they said that was doctored. They called out this time cover here. This, this girl actually wasn't uh, separated from her parents or from her, uh, from her mother. Um, uh, Alan has a question in the chat. He says, I'm wondering if you guys have reached out to actual, not former SJWs about coming on their show, coming on the show to defend their ideology. Um, I've actually mentioned this to Carter before. It's something I'm interested in. Uh, and I have a, I don't know if we're going to do it, but I have, I, I still have friends who are SJWs, some, not all of them have unfriended me. And, and I've talked about it with a couple people and, um, I don't know. It's an interesting idea. I guess we'll have to talk about it more. Yeah, camera, I'm mixed about it. I mean, um, I don't think, so first of all, I think it's very unlikely, it's almost impossible that you'd convince anyone. So I don't think we would be able to convince them. Um, um, I don't know. Well, we, we, you know, Carrie, you and I have talked about this before, you leaving SJWism, uh, for lack of a better term, required uh, emotional readiness to like there was something else going on in your life. You're emotionally open to questioning these things. Uh, your average SJW reason doesn't really work with them unless they happen to be in a state emotionally where they're prepared. I know some who would do it and I'm not asking them to leave it. I'm asking them to come on the show and explain their beliefs and have a conversation back and forth. Yeah. No, I'm just saying like, I don't think they would change their mind. Um, I don't know if the audience would like it, I guess. I guess it's a thing. It just, I don't know. I'm not super excited about it because it's not very challenging, but uh, we could. Maybe I'll do it on my own, a special. You can do a special episode. Carrie Carrie confronts her past, her former self. <laughs> um, but I mean, it, you know, it might be interesting. It might be interesting. Uh, it's interesting for me because I like engaging in... Um, with the so so some SJWs like myself, they're not aware that they're. <laughs> I wasn't aware that I was so close-minded. I wasn't aware that I was putting aside reason and logic. And I know SJWs who who like to um, who who fancy the idea that they're not against those things. And so it's in terms of it's almost like sparring. I like it sometimes because you can help reveal things in the way that they um, think or don't think. You can help poke holes in their belief system a little bit. Maybe not for them. It doesn't matter if it's for them or not, but for the viewers. And I think it shows people how to talk with them. Yeah, see, Herman is reflecting in chat kind of my 
reluctance, which is, it's based on my experience, but it's my lived experience. So it's definitely true. Um, <laughs> he says debating SJWs is usually just frustrating because they refuse to accept the truth when it conflicts with their system. They take everything they believe as undisputable fact. Um, oh, undisparable fact. I don't know what undisparable is. You've taught me a new vocabulary word. Um, but yes, they say things like the science is settled, which is just, you know, not true. I think if we're going to have an SJW on to debate something, it should be, or even just to discuss something, not debate. And if we use the word debate, it will be hostile. If we have them on just to discuss something, we should probably um, narrowly define what it is we're doing. Because we don't want it to go all over the place, right? Um, we don't want it to go from like gender to environment to everywhere. We should like pick a, let's talk about one particular thing. It will unravel into the yeah, philosophy it underneath it, but <laughs> it will uh, unravel to the, cause that's, what's at the root at, of it is it will, it will get, it, you will get there. You will yeah, you'll get to the root, but you want to be able to keep them off other branches and not like hop to other branches. Oh yeah. They uh, love to hop to other branches. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, they'll be like, yeah, but white men are destroying the environment. It's like, no, no, that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> right. We don't want to, we don't want to let them hop to other, other branches. Um, I don't know. I don't have, uh, I don't have much else to, to chat about today. Well, Anything else in, on your front? It's been almost an hour. And I just, I just, before we go, I just want to circle, but circle back. I find myself sometimes using phrases that I detest. <laughs> circle back a phrase you detest. Yes. I don't know why I really don't like it. Just like uh, pick your brain. I hate that. Ugh. And, or it, that's in my wheelhouse. I hate that too. But, but sometimes I don't know a better phrase that means that exact thing. And then I find myself using these phrases I don't like. Like all those phrases I put on the same list as the word moist. I don't like the word moist. I was going to mention the word moist just because I know how much you don't like it. I don't uh. like it. Anyway, to circle back ugh, to what we talked about at the beginning, <laughs> um, just the big picture stuff. It, it. I don't, there is nothing wrong with having an agenda. I want to, I just, I'm still addressing what that person said in the comments. And, and in fact, most people have an agenda of some type. What I prefer is when people are upfront about it and when they know what it is. Right. And, you know, we've been nothing but upfront and articulate, I think, about what that, what our mission is with this show. And, um, and so I just, I just found that really funny. And I, and I also found it funny because sometimes I think, people like this guy, maybe, maybe, maybe he doesn't, but I think he looks at some things like maybe, maybe a CNN broadcast, maybe even something that seems innocuous, like the view and looks at that and says like, there's no agenda there. <laughs> and that, yeah, I mean, agendas that you said that before, uh, it, it agendas should just be up front. And, um, I don't know. I, maybe we're not upfront enough about our agenda. We don't talk about it explicitly a lot. Um, and our audience has grown, so maybe it's worth doing what you did today, which is just reminding people, this is the perspective we come from, but everyone has a perspective. And uh, I would say our, our perspective is very focused on uh, an epistemology, not a belief. So we're, you can come okay. bring other perspectives and we'll consider them, but these are the standards by which we'll judge your perspective. Yeah. So ex explain that more explicitly, the difference between an epistemology and a belief. Uh, well, epistemology is just the, the theory of knowledge, right? It's how, like, how do you know what's true? How do you know what's true? So um, our epistemology is, is we're explicitly saying we use reason and logic to determine truth. We, we have, you know, you can't have a, um, if you come at us with a feeling or something unsupported by reason or something that's contradictory or something like that, we will reject it because it's not rational. So reason is the epistemology that we're wed to. So you can, we're happy to talk about anything and consider other ideas, but that's the standard by which we'll judge the ideas. And you know the standard. So if you want to come at us with stuff, come at us under that standard. And we're probably wrong about some things because it's not always easy to apply reason um, perfectly all the time. And sometimes there's new data that you have. Um, and I'm not ashamed that I've been wrong about stuff in the past. I learned new data and I correct my my beliefs, that's, that's the best anyone can do, but you've got to have a course correcting epistemology. And the, I, I would say if we want to contrast it with like the, the, the 
critical theory type people, um, or at least the modern, I won't say critical theory, the modern social justice uh, movement, it's, if you'll notice, it's largely, I think what Ayn Rand would call um, uh, cult cultural metaphysics, there are cultural metaphysicians, which is which what she meant by that was, uh, they don't they don't determine knowledge by uh, like what their sense data tells them and whether it integrates rationally with their other senses and all that stuff. They look around to see what the rest of the group is doing and they do that because whatever everyone says, if everyone says Trump's a white supremacist, then he is. If all the other Ravelry people pounce on Maria because whatever she said was evil and racist, then she's evil and racist because it's what everyone else is doing. Um, and that's generally that's generally how I think the, at least the, not maybe the generals in, in the social justice movement, but a lot of the uh, privates in the movement, a lot of the useful idiots, that's how they, that's how they determine whether something is true or false is they just look around at their peer group, right? And they, and they, they jump on the bandwagon. Yeah. Well, so. like, like Lindsay says in the chat, you would need to find an SJW that acknowledges reason, like if we're going to do a discussion with one. And, and actually what I was saying earlier, I do know some who at least they, maybe they're self-deluded, they believe that they acknowledge reason. And so the times when it's all absolutely frustrating, yes, I agree, if you have one who openly rejects it. And I did a debate like that once. Um, right. It was on a friend's channel and it never aired because they liked it. They wanted me to debate a Marxist about Jordan Peterson's work. And I, we did it, this is before Carter and I started Unsafe Space and we did a whole hour, hour and a half or something and they really liked it, but then they, they, their company, they, they were a pretty successful YouTube channel and they have a lot of SJWs who work for them, who write some of their episodes and they um, didn't like it. And so they didn't air it. They, and they, they were too afraid to air it. And that, and that's sad. It's sad. But yeah, anyway, they liked it, right? They were just afraid. Oh, they liked it, but their, their employees didn't. Right. And then, um, but they, uh, uh, what was I going to say about that? Oh, but the Marxist that I was debating, he openly said in the, in the course of the discussion, like he, that he did, doesn't believe in objective truth or objective reality or like reason, how, then how can you have a conversation? And why are we having a debate? Exactly. That's yeah. the type that it's, that's, it's fruitless to have a conversation with that person, right? We did our best and we had an hour, but, and it was interesting, but it does feel pointless when you can't even agree on objective reality, then okay. <laughs> yeah, and something that I noticed, you know, Keith, uh, Keith in chat says, uh, once reason is embraced, the SJW ideology falls apart. So there are no SJWs who operate entirely on reason. Um, I mean, I agree with Keith, but I think what, what happens is, um, how do I want to say this? People hold abstract concepts often without a clear understanding of how they fit rationally into the hierarchy of concepts and how they relate to concretes. And so, um, they they are using reason at some level without understanding that they're the abstract concept that they're invoking in some discussion relies on the, the, the they're using an abstract concept that actually undermines their argument but they don't really understand that abstract concept to its uh like they don't understand really what that means and how it integrates rationally into their system and so they'll say things like um I mean, even a, a typical example is like the word rights. You have a right to this and a right to that. Well, they're using the word rights as if it means entitlement. But when they use the word right, actually the word right, like having a right to healthcare is a, is a contradiction in terms and it's a destruction of the concept of the word right. That's an irrational statement. But if you don't understand that and what a right actually means philosophically, then you don't know that you're being irrational. You, and you can make a rational argument from that position without understanding that this concept of right, it, you don't really understand what it means. You haven't thought about, it's not that you're dumb. You just haven't thought about how it connects. What, it, what does it really mean to have a right? Where do you, like, what is a right? Where do rights come from? Can, like, can you have, can you have a right that violates my right? That seems contradictory. Like, without thinking about that, um, they throw terms around and, and rights is just one example because I'm using it because it's used a lot, but uh, I, that's one of the things that makes it really difficult for me is a lot of these people, I think they need to have, uh, a revamping of their entire, like thought process and encouragement to like, 
integrate these concepts into a, a hierarchy that's non-contradictory and spend some time doing that, then come have a debate. Um, and if you try that integration as a social justice warrior, then Keith's statement is correct. Your ideology will fall apart. Sorry, that was an unexpected rant. I liked it. Thank you. Uh, okay, I've got to go see a lady about a dog. <laughs> go see a lady about a dog. Is there anything anyone else wants to talk about, or should I also leave? I think we could. I think it's probably time. It's been an hour. We could probably end. So, thank you all for watching. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe. Um, go to subscribe to, our, to support us. Uh, we. Um, what you can share, subscribe, all that stuff. Where else? Oh, go to unsafespace.com and buy merch. Carrie, tell everyone how much you love when they buy merch. Well, I love merch because you're get you. Well, I like I like no matter how you guys want to support us, whether it's sharing the video, whether it's supporting financially, whether it's going on subscribe star, star and supporting, or with merch though you get this physical good. I I like physical goods, so the t-shirts are really soft. Carter and I have some differences of opinion on what should be in the merch store. That's why he always teases me about it. Yeah. Yeah. For those of you who are new, uh, our merch store is a point of contention, friendly contention between me and Karen. Uh, so I don't want, I don't like political stuff, but she, it's not political. It's cultural. You just have your, you, you're unable to see past the I'm unable to see Democrat. that Democrats liberal again is, is not. It is not political though. I mean, it is cultural at its root. It is a fun and it is funny. It's comedy. Look, you can vote with your dollars. Go buy and yeah. go buy Carrie's stuff. And uh, I'll just shut up. Thank you. Look, see, thank you, sir. I'm going to go get the again, hat. getting that soon. Great. We'll go get right. it. Thank you. And then one day we haven't even gotten to the doggy clothes fight. <laughs> oh God. I didn't know we were going to have a doggy clothes fight. I have to go. I have to go now, Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> see you later. Uh, all right. Bye everyone. Thanks for watching. And we'll see you on, on Monday.